Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I pronounce it niche. Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm Al. And I'm Brett. And I'm Rob. And this is Fools with Tools, a podcast for the humdrum homeopathist. (laughs) There we go. Uh, Yes, so those of you that have listened to every single episode of Fools with Tools will have recognised our guest voice this week. Uh, It is, of course, Mr. Rob Huns, who is the, the originator <laughs> I believe you were the originator. I just helped you do stuff. You were like, well, yeah. <laughs> you do a podcast, help me. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I kind of do some stuff at home for fun. So let's do, let's talk about that. And then we yeah. talk about it. And then I was like, bye. See <laughs> do some other stuff. <laughs> yeah, that, that's basically what happened. Yeah. Um, so what have you been up to since? You were last on the show. Oh, lots and lots and lots. Um, you played some of my music for people because I, 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 I make did. music for uh, podcasts and adverts occasionally, um, YouTube channels, just that in, sort in. of thing. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> anybody, anybody. <laughs> um, yeah, just doing that, releasing music under the name Syndicate as well. So I, I've got a single coming out on the 11th of November. This is probably already out. So Ooh, uh, out when past. you're listening to this, it's out in the past. Yes. So yeah, go back, Spotify, all that jazz. Um, yeah, I, I've bought a bought a house in uh, the wonderfully named Axminster. So, Yay! Yeah. It's a lovely place as well, nice and quiet and all of that, you know. Yeah. And I've got a garage, finally. Hey! So I, I've got some tools and I... Uh, recently got myself well, actually it was about a year ago now got a scroll saw so i've added scroll sawing to my uh few and far between little projects that i do nowadays with the carving and all of that so yeah yeah good fun awesome man. yeah um, i see you've been off jet setting I, I know we should probably talk about this because everyone already knows but <laughs> <laughs> you guys you guys are through the roof of all this stuff now so uh, it's lovely to see that you're still doing it. So, and I'm glad to be here. Yeah, Very nice. Good to have you back, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, because I, I was going to say, like, you, one of the reasons we were, or well, I was uh, suggesting getting us on, uh, getting you on the other day, was because I see you've kind of started up the the Burt's Wood, Wood oh, yes. stuff again. Yes. Um, which is good to see. Well, I have. And <laughs> I have, and then it kind of came almost crashing down. I, I'm still doing it. Of course I'm still doing it, but it's yeah. very slow. It's very much just the hobby side of stuff. Yeah. And I was going to be at a Christmas fair. Unfortunately, uh, as life has happened once again to me, I've had to put that on the back burner for yeah. now. So what I am doing is keeping up the stock that I've started making for next year. But yeah. all is not lost, as if you remember my sister – uh does pyrography and is yes. an artist and all of that i was uh hijacking part of her part of her table up there so uh she still has that there so oh, okay, cool. she'll be at the book barn christmas fair near bath nice so yeah uh 23rd of november so very soon so, oh yeah, yeah get on up there I... and buy some of her stuff because <laughs> <laughs> that's uh that's i think that's the day after the bath christmas market start as well Um, Oh, yes. And that's what we're up to at the moment is just shitloads of stock prep prep for that. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, busy, busy times. Well, uh, how, how 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 far away from Christmas do you guys normally start? Because I clearly didn't start far away. <laughs> I should have started in January. Yeah, uh, but I think I ended up doing some stuff about June. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, that's the thing is, like normally we do, we actually start prepping for uh, for market season, um, like in like May, April, May sort of time. Um, and start building stock up slowly, and even to the point where actually that's a lie because last year Joe <laughs> Joe started making stock for Christmas um, in January. Yeah. Wow! Uh, just because there was some free time, and it was like, right, well, I might as well make it. It's not exactly going to disappear or go off because it's steel. It's just going to sit there and maybe get a little bit rusty. Um, uh, there's ways around that. Exactly, <laughs> and. Uh, and yeah, so we start doing that then. But this year, because we uh, we built out the new workshop, we uh, released a new product range. We did loads of other stupid shit like that. We um, and we had such a busy summer with uh, actually selling stuff at festivals. Um, so every time we made a batch of stuff, it was getting sold rather than being able to keep it for the Christmas markets, which is not a bad problem to have. Um, so we didn't really get started until October. Um, but then I was away for three weeks and Joe and Al came out to the States for a week and a half. And yeah, we're now in a position where we've got to make six months worth of stock in three weeks. So it's, uh, it's getting a little bit stressful. <laughs> <laughs> you could do it. We believe in you. <laughs> Cheers, man. <laughs> um, right. What about uh, you two reprobates then? What have you both been up to in the last week? Brett. Now, <laughs> go, go, go. Uh, all right. So obviously not much work time for anybody that uh, pays attention to what I've been doing. Uh, I took a short trip back across the U.S. I was I was toted in the shuttle by Miss, Miss Jessup uh, and got dropped off at the folks. Spent a couple of days back in Kansas City with my family, just kind of saying hi and then uh, exploring a bit of the city and a few of the new places that have, have popped up around downtown Kansas City, one of which happens to be a handmade leather supply or leather accessories and wallets and things as well as uh, uh, whatever, clothing. I don't know, clothing and accessory store, I guess. And then one of my favorite stores, Oracle KC, which is like a curiosities, mostly taxidermy and bones and skulls and things. Nice. Love nice. that. And then a new place that actually showed up in Atlas Obscura's search. Uh, it's called Noir Oddities. And it's <clears throat> it's run by a lady who looks like she rolled out of um, the Adams Family universe. <laughs> and it was just tons of creepy stuff and old surgical implements and a doll that is supposedly possessed still or has a spirit attached to it because all kinds of weird things happen in the store is, and is I'm pretty sure one, it's from this doll. Is this the one that's in that glass case? Is this a famous thing? Oh, no, 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 not that one. Uh. This is a this is their own special thing. They found it in a uh I think it was a house that burned down or, or some type of building burned down, and this she has two dolls, both of which were recovered from the building, and yeah. 
I think some people died in the in the situation, which is unfortunate. But um, ever since they brought the doll in, I guess they've had some weird goings on. Clearly, the doll's the had something to do with it. Then, yeah. It? So she yeah. showed us. She was like, "Yeah, we're pretty sure it's attached to that doll <laughs> because we thought it was the coffin that had actually been buried and used." Somehow they have a coffin in there. Oh, wow. And they were like, oh, we thought we had it in the coffin. We thought the spirit was attached to the coffin, but we're pretty sure it's the doll. So <laughs> it was a fun couple of days and then a pretty quick rush back to just try and get back to uh, life in upstate where it's gotten extremely cold very quickly. Here's the weather talk, Al. Um, <laughs> the winter is definitely setting in, but... Um, just kind of getting reorganized and caught up on things, spending yesterday and today playing a bit of catch up. So that's it for me. Hopefully I'll get back to workshoppy things soon. I feel like I'm I'm jonesing to just to like do something. I feel yeah. idle hands, you know. Nice. Yeah, that's life, mate. Yeah. It that takes is. a while to get back to stuff sometimes, believe yeah, it. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh Al, what about you? Anything Ooh. exciting? Um so Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Next. Um, yeah. So um, the cider that I pressed uh, a few weeks ago has finally yep. come to its delicious alcoholic level. It's ridiculously strong. Uh, Yay. Today. Um I'm just letting it settle and I'm going to give it a bottle maybe tomorrow. Um, in the meantime, I managed to get out a load of T-shirts in the post for uh, Patreon. So if you've got one, come in. Uh, look out for it. Um, and... Today was the last day um, this year, anyway, of the, the MTS. So going and helping the kids uh, with a bit of um, constructive feedback on some sort of community projects and charity work, um, yes. which is great. Uh, it's the last one, though. It's, it's normally over the summer, but uh, it extended this year. But then, unfortunately, the charity that we do it with uh, has folded. So we need to oh. find a new charity to help uh, with the program. Um, and I think that... Of all people, the English Football League are stepping up to the plate. Um, really? They, yeah, they do a lot of community stuff that's like not related to sport. Um, oh, right. that's yeah, yeah. So they, you know, they have the facilities, they have the the staff, um, yeah. and they have the connections. So it's it's a no brainer, really. Um, especially when they, when they're not using the ground and stuff. So yeah, uh, I'll probably be going down to Leeds to Ellen Road, um, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, uh, making some connections and seeing how yeah we can go forward with this. But um, yeah, super inspiring. But it's just a bit of a shame we need to find. Yeah. Another source of funding. Um, but, so. That's 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 always the case with charities, though. You know, it's, yeah. it's it's never an easy an easy ride. Yeah, uh, and it's one of those. It seems like it's never guaranteed as well. Yeah, uh, and yesterday, um, obviously, I've got I've got a guest staying with me, uh, and we wanted a little bit of a uh, a nice little healthy cultural afternoon. So we went to um, Harrogate Comic Con. Nice. Uh, and Harrogate is a tiny, a tiny little town. Uh, outside of Leeds, very lovely, very chewy, very English, very quaint. <laughs> um, and and here's me thinking, oh, Harrogate Comic Con, it's going to be, uh, you know, a few kind of badly printed uh, sort of <laughs> Iron Man t-shirts, and yeah. you know, maybe like Billy D. Williams' fourth cousin uh, <laughs> <laughs> turning up and signing things. And it wasn't; it was fucking massive. It was yeah. like it was at the the, the convention center, uh, which is huge. It's basically like maybe half the size of the NEC, um, yeah. and there was four halls, uh, and each hall was absolutely rammed. And every, there was like hundreds and hundreds of artists there, all offering something different. 
Um, there was some great fucking names there, like Brian Azzarello was there, Dave Gibbons was there, um, yes. some of my favourite sort of comic book contributors uh, over yeah. the years, um, you know, from 2008 to, to, to Batman and Joker and uh, everything in between. It was, it was amazing. Um, there was people there, Brett, who'd worked on, like, Steven Universe. Um, yeah, it was really good, really good fun. Um, super positive atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, got loads of little, like, fun little comic book zines and just little bits of nonsense and, you yeah. know, freebies and stickers so, and postcards and stuff. It was amazing. So really positive, really – and it just kind of, like, gave me this boost of, like, just inspiration. There's just so much creativity in the world. Yeah. And so many people are, like, just out there doing it for themselves, not giving it the fucking hard sell, not doing it for a company or a corporation just off their own back. Yeah. You know, just – working hard and being creative and just sharing it and everybody yeah. was just like oh come along and i'll draw you as a, a pokemon or you know <laughs> I'll, I'll draw you as a sloth or like come on just yeah. sit down and like you know do your portrait and there's those guys doing like um music to accompany the comics it was, it was amazing oh, wow. so and I, I was like half tempted to go as jane and take, take uh, hero along Oh, yeah, um, but basically, they, I would have just had to stand outside all day because they wouldn't have let me in with Tira. Oh right, yeah, too fucking big. Uh, so I, 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 I decided to to go against it. But there was some, <laughs> there was some really cool people there. There was like someone like dressed up from Rogue Trooper. Um, there was like obviously standard stormtroopers yeah. just walking around, um, <laughs> but some some hilarious ones as well, and just really funny like outfits. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, it was good, really good. So I was, I, was glad, I was glad I went. So in future, the the, the Thought Bubble Comic Con um, yes. is actually a lot bigger and a lot better than you might think for the North. North yeah. North. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was going to say, I, I know it's fairly big because uh, a few of the guys from uh, that I know, like that are on my Facebook and things like that, uh, have actually been up up there yeah. this weekend just for that. Well, it's, it's been like, it's, I think it's been like a couple of weeks of events. So I went, I went to a talk at the uni uh, yeah. with, with Azarello the other night. That was good. Um, but then the, this weekend was like the culmination of it, kind of like the the finale yeah. where everyone comes together. But there's yeah, there was like Spanish artists there, Brazilian artists there. You know, there's Japanese art. There's you know, there's there's people come from quite a, a broad field just just to come yeah. to this event. So yeah. yeah, I'll be looking forward to it next year. And I will awesome. be doing, I'll, be, I'll be definitely doing cosplay. Nice, so yes. <laughs> uh, cool. Um, yes, I. Seeing as you asked, I'm sorry, Steve. Oh, you, you, already, you already told us <laughs> nobody, that you nobody were just cares, doing mate. Nobody six cares. weeks of work. Rob, ask Steve what he's been up to. Steve, what have you been up to, mate? I hadn't seen you for a long time. You only live down the road. I drive past your house every morning. So, yeah. Cheers, bud. <laughs> uh, what I've been, I have been obviously working a lot uh, through the week. Um, we've had to do a couple of uh, like weekend sessions as well. Um, we've had a couple of people in um, helping out. Uh, but uh, this Saturday I got to spend a little bit of time in my own workshop, uh, which is the first time in like two months, I think, um, where I've got to spend time actually working on something uh, in there rather than it just being kind of like going in to just quickly uh, rehandle a hammer or something like that. Um, And I've started working on my brother's Christmas present for last year. Um, Last year, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've been busy. No oh, um, fair play, <laughs> but yeah. So he's, uh, I'm. It, it's really frustrating because I've, I've, I'm quite happy with how it's going so far, but I can't really post anything on social media because I don't want him to know what it is until he 
I actually give it to him. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I'm having to keep that a bit of a secret. But uh, one of my friends um, was, he lives in London. He was down this way for the weekend visiting his son. And um, because uh, his son knows me and follows me on social media and that and watches a lot of the videos and things, he uh, he wanted to come over and visit again because quite often when Tom's down, um, him and Jordan will come visit. And uh, apparently Jordan was bugging Tom to, to come see what we were up to. And I was like, well, I'm... I mean, actually in the workshop uh, in the afternoon, so you can come and hang out, but I've got shit that I need to get done. So as long as you don't mind swinging a sledgehammer for a bit, then yeah, come on down sort of thing. And uh, and they turned up and I don't think he actually realised I was being serious when I said you need to swing a sledgehammer. Um, but it was great because I got uh, Jordan, his son, who's uh, 13. Um, I got him swinging the sledgehammer to... Um, punch a hole out of a bit of uh, spring steel and uh, he was absolutely loving it he loved the fact that um yeah he actually contributed because it's the first time he'd ever swung a sledgehammer let alone done any blacksmithing and um he loved the fact let, that he let actually... alone at a target that's also hot metal yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah he uh he had a lot of fun doing that uh and i think he just liked the fact that it was like it it wasn't just going along and, and doing some work sort of thing. It was the fact that he could actually see what, what was happening and he could see the process and, and everything else. Um, and since then I've been talking to his dad about it and his dad, uh, well, sorry, Jordan actually wants to come uh, along next year um, and spend like some regular time in the workshop, learning a bit more about blacksmithing. Um, so between him and my nephew, it looks like uh, I might be doing some kind of, uh, almost like apprenticeship sort of uh, one weekend a month sort of thing, get them both to come down and just start with the very basics, just make a couple of nails, make a couple of this and just kind of expand on from there. Um, so yeah, hopefully next year I should have two lads in the uh, workshop that um, both want to learn a bit about blacksmithing. So nice. that is yeah. going to be very, very fun. Um, and also when they uh, learn a bit more, you use them as free labour, can't you? Easy. <laughs> Apprenticeship, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> We've all. Well, I've I've done one. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was virtually free labour. Come on. I, I was going to say, like, uh, one of them's my uh, nephew, and one of them's my best friend's son. So there's no oh, way that I'm going to be able to charge for for teaching them anything. So uh, yeah, I think <laughs> the, the least they can do is swing the sledge for me a few times. Yeah, there you go. But. Uh, <laughs> Steve's, Steve's home for wayward young lads. <laughs> that's uh, that's something else. That's not his workshop. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's quite nice because it means that it's going to be something that I'm going to be doing um, in my workshop separate from um, the Alex Paul Ironwork stuff. Uh, so it's going to be, um, it's going to be, yeah, you know, in my home base, it, it's doing what I want to do rather than doing. Um, uh, I don't mean what I want to do, but I just mean as in like it's quite nice it being a project for me. Um, so yeah, me, 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 exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and we um, all love it. we lo- we all love that you're going to be doing it, Steve. Yeah, if you could so. teach all of us stuff, I'm sure you'd. Uh... Make us into Smithies, no worries. <laughs> I don't know. I've I've been at it for two years with him, and I still haven't figured it oh, out. Oh no! 
Oh, well, Something we'll blame the teacher. Here. We'll blame the teacher yeah. rather than the student, eh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, so it's going to be quite nice being uh, in my home base a little bit teaching, uh, which segues beautifully into the top- topic of home, uh, which out of the choices that Al put forward, Brett chose for reasons. Yeah. Yes. Well, I'll I'll take it first because I imagine that's what you were trying to do, anyways, is shoehorn me in. Um, <laughs> being that I was back home for the first time in, we were trying to work it out. It might be two years since I've actually been home to visit. Um, and similar to what Al said with the uh, the Comic Con. The places that I went to in downtown Kansas City, whether they were, um, we went to a museum one day of miniatures and toys. It was the mm-hmm. Toys and Miniatures Museum. It's like the largest collection of miniatures. It was a great, great place to go for inspiration because as someone who does like to challenge themselves to make uh, tiny versions of things or working small kind of Allows you to work with less material, but, you know, still fine tune uh, your craft or whatever the final product you're trying to make. It was super inspirational to actually walk through the museum. And then between the other few stores that we went to, um, just a lot of like visual inspiration or idea gathering. And I had a good chat with the guy from uh, the clothing store and the leatherworking store because uh jess was actually the one that went oh we should walk in here and i went eh, it's just clothes whatever and then we walked <laughs> through the door and ended up spending 30 minutes with the guy because he was great um he had an anvil sitting on the checkout counter a beautiful old 80 pound acme anvil where he does his riveting and after a bit of chat uh, he actually showed me the back of the store which is just three separate rooms with everything from like table saws and drill presses and bandsaws and he's got a full production studio back hidden away like you'd never even know about these things if you hadn't taken the time to chat with the person and when it comes to going back home the one thing i am always delighted by is the fact that people for the most part people in kansas city are extremely welcoming and humble and and kind of just happy to have a, a chat or a little bit of banter with somebody but it ends up always leading to something more than what you would have expected. So I walked in just looking at, you know, a couple of wallets and some shirts on the wall. And then it led to, you know, if I come back in town, this guy wants me to come and hang out. Maybe I'll help him make a display or maybe I could forge him something so he can hang these things up. And that would have never come about if it wasn't for just stepping through the door or, you know, a step back from that would be going back home to to just explore around the city. So Never really taking it for granted that like, oh, I grew up here. There's nothing here to see, nothing new. There's always something changing when I go back home. And I feel like with Steve, with your workshop being the home base, it's the same thing with the workshop or or a lot of us that kind of move around a lot or maybe don't have a permanent place or Al, like you've worked at the maker spaces before. It's like those become home bases or those become a second home for either your tools or maybe even just your mindset. So I, I don't know if it's the same for you guys, but traveling home or, or establishing a new home base can be super cathartic if you're open to the idea. I mean, Rob, you've 
changed around. You've established a new house. You you have all of these goings on now compared to two years ago when you started things with Steve. Like how has your home changed or your home base changed? Well, funnily enough, it is two streets over from where I was two years ago, except <laughs> I was doing little bits in my dad's garage where he was he started working on this kit car that he had and I was just covering it in dust and all of this, you know. And uh, now, yeah, I'm two streets down. Uh, So not a lot's changed with the home, really. But (laughs) I have my own garage now, so I'm not annoying my dad. (laughs) And I can set it up how I want. And, you know, it's it's nice just to be able to go in and uh, shut down the door. It's usually raining here when I do stuff. So, you know, I don't annoy the neighbors. I've got my extractor in there, and, you know, I'm just just making dust and noise and yeah, it's great. yeah and you know then i can just come back upstairs you know if it's a day where the kids are out just start making some music you know usually my stuff's through headphones and that now anyway but you know i've been able to do that a bit more just because you know just because i took that extra little step and uh yeah it's great and i can do uh three men in a podcast over here now so they all come yeah. and set, up, set up my living room and we're just sat around talking and doing the crazy stuff that we do um yeah it's, it's much more comfortable than it was you know because i had to work around my parents before um yeah and they loved it and they, and they found it great because uh there was uh, there was some other podcast that mentioned this podcast and uh you know, I, I was I was listening to it going, oh, hey, look, me and Steve got talked about on this podcast. And my parents yeah. said, oh, that's in America. That's great. You know? <laughs> and, and now, of course, like uh, my other podcast is on an American network and stuff. Yeah. And they've seen all that grow. And, yeah, it's great. So I yeah. kind of stay where I was, but just down the road has made <laughs> that much of a difference, you know. Yeah. Goodness only knows what would happen if I got my own studio somewhere. I'd, I'd probably never leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, may, maybe. But I think yeah. that's, that's one of the things, though, is it, it doesn't matter how um, uh, how accommodating someone else is. If you're in someone else's space, you're never completely settled. You're never completely comfortable. Um, True. And, uh, and, yeah, having, like, that that space that is completely yours, that home home space is so important. Even if it's like, I mean, it's like uh, with doing stuff with Al, like the, the amount of times that he said, Oh yeah, you know, you can, uh, you can come like forge here at the weekends or whatever. Like, you know, just, just let me know if you need to. And, um, and it's fine. And yeah, you know, there's more equipment and everything's better set up and, the floor's not completely unlevel and shit like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But I'm never quite comfortable just dicking about. Um, and it's like taking uh, taking my nephew uh, or giving my lef- nephew a, a, a lesson. Like I don't really, even though I I spend my majority of the time um, teaching in the workshop, like I don't feel comfortable doing it there. I'd much rather be in my own workshop where, yeah, it's not exactly set up for teaching other people blacksmithing but it's it's mine and it you know i'm it, it's a weird thing that kind of that comfort level and it's and, and working on other projects i mean it's like especially like silly youtube projects and things like that like the zombie weapon stuff like i'd never do that in 
Alex's workshop just because it, it would feel a bit weird. I mean, I think mm-hmm. the uh, the only one I've done in the workshop was the giant ice pick that I did, but that was purely mm-hmm. because it was so much drawing out um, <laughs> that it was just easy just to use the power hammer. Um, <laughs> figuratively and literally. Yeah, um, <laughs> exactly. But I mean, I mean, Alex is getting a bit more social media savvy. Maybe he'll be he'll be he'll be warming to more of the kind of he, the nonsense he side of things. Yeah. It has happened so much. I feel like since he was over here for the class. I mean, so, somebody somebody got a uh, sniff of things. It feels like. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a it's an interesting thing, like seeing uh, seeing him kind of opened up to the. Um, the so I don't want to say the social media stuff because the vast majority of the business is run through Instagram. Um, but YouTube specifically, like seeing that and seeing it not just as a bunch of idiots mucking around on the internet and that, and seeing that there can actually be value to, uh, to that and to, to what we could potentially put out there as, as a business. Um, so yeah, I think that's kind of, I mean, that's a whole subject in on itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and no, like I say, I, it just filming stuff for the forge there, as in like for the three of us there. Yeah, I I love doing that, and I'm happy doing that. But working on my own dumb projects is it, it, it just doesn't feel right unless it's in my own space. And I think it's the same. Let's say if you're at your parents' place or if you're you know renting a room off of some friends or whatever else. It's I mean, it's taken me three years to feel comfortable in my workshop. Uh, now just because yeah i still uh beryl the the woman that owns um, my place she's uh she still uses kind of about a quarter of the space in the workshop for storage of her stuff and it always felt a bit um a bit like it wasn't really my space because there was this area of it that i couldn't do anything about i couldn't move stuff i couldn't put it out the way i couldn't um rearrange everything whenever I wanted sort of thing. It was like that stuff's got to stay there and I can't really get at it. Um, and it's taken me this long to feel, actually, I'm I'm comfortable now. I can, I, this is my space sort of thing. Ah. See, I, I was going to ask everybody's opinion or everybody's thoughts on what is something that it could be an object or, well, probably an object, what is the thing that makes your space feel like a home? You know, Al, like the the house that you live in, what is it that you did? Is it the hack shack? Is that what makes it feel like a home? Steve, is it the forge itself? Is that what makes your shop feel like a home? I mean, Steve, Steve said a couple of, used the word comfort a few times, as if that's kind of what, you know, whether you feel comfortable because you can relax because yeah. you're at home or you feel comfortable acting like a dickhead because you're at home, whereas you wouldn't at work or you wouldn't maybe at somebody else's shop. Um, but the, that, that idea of personalization as well, like it's 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 something where I can make my mark, like and and it's like the, the, the home the home is what you make it. Because I've, yeah. I've never really had this idea of like, a, I've never felt homesick. I've never felt like a specific place is my home. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I've said in the past, like the longest I've ever lived anywhere in my entire life is Amsterdam. Like, so I've never, I've never felt like, like Brett, you, you know, going back home to Kansas. Like, I, I don't ever have that. I, like growing up, I always moved around a lot as a kid, so I don't have that that idea mm-hmm. of a, a home place. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's not necessarily like a, a town or a city or a bit of anything. You know, my house is not necessarily my home because I don't 
you know, I live here on my own and it's kind of too big for my needs. <laughs> you know, but I was like, it's not really where I want to be, but I think it's a good point. Like the thing I made is the thing outside is the workshop. Mm-hmm. I built it with my bare hands from scratch and it's all like everything in there is mine. Like, you know, everything's got my personality. Everything's got my hammy sawdust. You know, the, <laughs> the, the whole thing is just me. So like for me, yeah, that would be my home. I'm not in it 24 hours a day, but they you know that's that's somewhere I go in and it's just like the calm just like washes over me and the the the, the nonsense of politics and stress and work and shit just disappears in an instant. Yeah, and I think I think that's what home is. It's like you, it's like under the duvets, like you're safe. <laughs> yeah, blanket forts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's um, that. Yeah, because you you asking what makes it feel like home like it, it's it's a hard um not life sorry <laughs> yes yeah. <laughs> yeah. um sorry yeah like the like i said the workshop only feels like my workshop because i've been there for so long and i've you know i've got to rearrange a few times um and it it took a long time for it to feel like it was my space um and I still feel a little bit uh, not uncomfortable there, but like I don't, I'm still not a hundred percent there because it isn't my space. It's not like I, I own it. Hmm. Um, and because of the location of it, people can and do just walk in off the street all the time. And <laughs> it's, uh, which is slightly off putting and means that I can't relax in it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, in terms of like where I, I feel at home and and comfortable for me it just tends to be wherever i am at the time like you know when when i was traveling around it was it was just wherever i was like i the amount of times i've i've lived in my car for two or three weeks whilst i've been (laughs) driving around on tour or something like that and you know the car becomes home then it's you know it's that place that i can go and i can get you know just half an hour of downtime where nobody else is bothering me um and uh and that's what what makes somewhere feel like home to me not normally i'd say it's like where you feel comfortable having a shit but (laughs) i'm yet to take a dump in the hack shack and i'm pretty sure you'd be (laughs) you'd be stretching it to take a shit in a bottle in your car but yeah well you could do it out the window as you're going along if you're not driving you know it'd be all right cruise control (laughs) yeah well, to be honest, I think uh, kind of I, I understand what you were saying there, Steve. But like when I'm downstairs, because I, I live in a coach house, so my garage oh, is nice. under underneath my house, yeah, um, which is cool, you know. So it's kind of like a basement, I guess. But when I'm in there, I, this might sound all hippy dippy. I was a, a a mind adventurer for a while, I suppose you might call it. Um, <laughs> but it feels like. Uh, with music and with doing my hobbies, if you call it woodwork or whatever it might be, uh, it's a compartment in my brain where it is just, it feels natural. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, right, I'm in this mindset now. I've flipped that switch and I'm here and there's nothing else that disturbs me. It's like a little bubble. So strange, but yeah, I, I totally understand what you're saying. It could be anywhere, but the more I do stuff, the more hab- of a habit it becomes, yeah. the bigger and tighter that bubble 
seems. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, no. I mean, because I think like with uh, with Alex's workshop, it's although they're like, you know, I don't particularly feel comfortable doing the like silly uh, YouTube stuff there. And I don't feel particularly comfortable working on my own stuff there. It also doesn't at all in any way feel like I go to work when I go there. Um, you know, I when I'm when I'm in uh, the the forge, it feels natural. It feels like I should be there. It doesn't feel like I'm, you know, watching the clock, waiting to go and leave and go home, sort of thing. It's oh like, yeah, yeah, it's just, I, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm just there and I'm happy. It's 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 a good place to exist, and I think that's that's you, why I went for that full time sort of thing. Yeah. Do you think that there's a part of it where you don't necessarily want people to see your process? Not that you're hiding away going, oh, nobody can know what I do. I'm doing <laughs> this all on my own. But yeah. more of a, well, if somebody sees me, they might tell me I'm doing it wrong. And it might then detract you from your creative streak that you're having. I mean, yeah. I mean, go on. Yeah. I, I, I don't, yeah, I, I get completely what you mean. And, I think that's a big part of it. And, it, and like you say, it's not necessarily a, oh, they're going to see that I'm doing it wrong or I don't know what I'm doing because it's no secret that I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> but, uh, but, but it's it's more that kind of like, like you say, you, you know, you, you've got that creative streak going and it's having someone else just walk in and interrupt that flow. And it's like, oh, fuck, now I've got to go back. And especially <laughs> if you're filming or something like that, it's like, oh, fuck, now you, know, you don't want someone watching you as you're, walking backwards and forwards in front of a camera with a paint can or whatever. Like, mm. You you want to be able to just do what you want to do and and not worry about... Not It's not even actual judgment from other people. It's just that that interruption to, to where your head's at. Indeed. <laughs> well, I feel like that's, that just comes down to a privacy thing. Almost like what Rob was saying earlier with the bubble or... Where do you feel comfortable shitting, Al? Thank you. <laughs> but there's a certain degree of privacy to, I don't know, when you are in your home, whether whether that's the shop space or the place that you sleep or shit, the privacy, especially for those of us that are a bit introverted, you know, we, we do the things on camera and put it out to the internet, but We've established before that that doesn't necessarily make you an extrovert. It just means that you're producing stuff and putting it out online. When it comes to my personal space, that's a super important thing. Yeah, personal space. It's very important to me to have privacy and personal space where, like you guys are saying, it's you know, no interruptions, no people, nobody to kind of derail you when you're in the creative mode. Um, and it probably explains a lot about, you know, my my situation for the last couple of years has been in this apartment that I don't really spend a lot of time in anyways, because I'm mostly at the shop. And even when I'm here, it, like I don't own any of the stuff here. And over the last couple of months, they've you know, renovated a few things. Now it feels even less like a place where I've lived. <laughs> and in the past, um, I remember when I moved into the apartment in downtown Kansas City, I got a couch 
And I remember going, hmm, this is my apartment now. I have a couch. Like I've always had a bed because I got to sleep somewhere, <laughs> but I had a couch and a couch was the thing that grownups had because it was, <laughs> it was a secondary piece of furniture. Al, you and Steve know, I do not have a couch in this apartment. <laughs> um, so it's never really felt like, uh, like the most private or, or comforting space. It's fine. And it, it served the purpose that, that it's needed to, but um, at the, at my workspace as well, you know, I'm, you guys have seen it. I'm, I'm on the wall within a shop, within a shop, within a campus that is Jim's space. And it's been awesome to be able to exist and, and kind of move around, uh, with some of my tools and like building out the workspace just a little bit. And, you know, but it's it hasn't been my space controlled. You know, I have that I have that little box around me where I've kind of corded it off. But um, I'm anxious to get to a situation where I feel like either my home life or my shop life feels more like this is my home. This is my space. Um, even the forge, Steve. I, I keep asking, or I ask you about the forge because. That big, beautiful coal forge that I have is, it feels like the heart of, of whatever the thing is in the future, right? I can have yeah. one coal forge that is the center, almost like Chris Cash's, Cash's shop. Um, when you walk into that space, it's, it is the center. It is, it is this big, warm thing in the middle of the room, and all the tools exist around it, and call it jealousy or whatnot, but I love Chris's workspace and I like your workspace a lot too, because it feels very similar. Like I'm walking into two blacksmith shops. You guys have a similar way of doing things. It's like the fire's right in the middle. You have your anvil out in front of it and it's surrounded by your tools. Feels calming to walk into those spaces. Feels like it would be a certain degree of private, even though you're on the street and people walk in, there's something comforting about the the privacy of the area. Yeah. I heard something uh, the other day, a term that was very interesting for this sort of thing um, is called uh, destination addiction, right? Mm, so yeah, yeah. And, and it doesn't sound, it's not as bad as it sounds, I suppose, but I often find or found uh, when I was in bands and stuff, I was like, well, I mean, the next band will be the band. Do you know what I mean? It will be yeah. that. It will be the one that gets it where it's going to go. Uh, you know that'll never happen. But <laughs> it could. You could equate that to things like um, a workspace or whatever. So saying, um, you know, you're yearning for that to be your own. Maybe it's the mindset that you're that you've actually already achieved. You're at that place, but in your mind, rather than an actual space. So maybe you are at home but it's like you say, you're a bit of an introvert or whatever. Maybe you're there and maybe thinking, you know, you need this place, that place. You don't, you, you, wherever you go wandering, you're already there, but you're, you're like a nomad, I suppose, which is oh, yeah. a really great thing to be yeah. in, in this day and age, I think, because <laughs> there's so many people doing what you guys do. You have to learn by going to all of these other places but like I was saying, it's that bubble again inside my mind. I think you have the same thing. I think that's a really interesting point as well because there's there are a few spaces where I can walk in 
and I can instantly feel at home. I can instantly feel comfortable. Like, I mean, whether it's, you know, one of the festivals that we do on a regular basis, you know, I turn up and just being on that site, I feel, I feel comfortable. I feel at home. I know where everything is. I know what everyone is going to be doing. I know, I know who I need to contact to get this sort or that sort or whatever. Um, and there's workshops that are like that as well. Like, yeah, if I go to um, like like Jim's place now, feels it feels very comfortable being there. You know, I feel like I can walk in and I can just get on with stuff. And I know where a few bits are, and I feel comfortable just grabbing stuff and getting on with it. The same with the Hack Shack. You know, it's I I feel like if if I was to drive up to Leeds tomorrow and Al was at work, but he'd left the keys out, I could go in and I could just start doing stuff. Hmm. Um, and that's for like for me, I, I I'm not the sort of person that's, that naturally feels like that. You know, I have to be very. By the way, this, with... this, the slime on the floor is not what you think. <laughs> <laughs> He's been playing Ghostbusters. <laughs> but uh, but like I'm I'm not the sort of person that can naturally go into somewhere and feel comfortable enough to just crack on with stuff. And it, it more it's more than anything just a kind of a politeness thing like oh no this is someone else's space i don't feel like i can do this <laughs> i'm but, english yeah exactly um but there are spaces like that where i feel i can just go in like um Brownsfalls, for example is somewhere that i've never even been but because um we as in the forge has such a the royal um, we yeah mm-hmm. has such a direct connection with that place i know that after i've been there for half a day I'm going to feel comfortable and I'm going to feel at home as it were. Um, so I think it doesn't even necessarily need to be somewhere that you, that you live or that you, um, you even work at. It can be somewhere that you visited once or twice that, that feels like say it feels like home. It feels so, comfortable straight away. Like, yeah. Like, like the dam on golden eye. I could just go <laughs> in yes. and, and I know yes. where the door button is and, where the stairs lead to. There you go. <laughs> well, I know we I know we discussed this a little bit uh, back around Maker Central time or or post Maker Central, but uh, similar feeling being at yours, Steve, and just knowing that I could walk out of your house and get around. Not like you have this gigantic town that you live in, but it's really nice to know that I knew where the cafe was. I knew where. Um, well, now I know where the twine works is and I would totally just walk there every day. But something about it is very, it's comforting because it's quiet. It's in a similar fashion. It's very quiet. You know, it's relatively private because of the size of the town that you live in. But knowing where the hill is, I could go walk up that hill or go through the tree tunnels and things like that. Yeah. Um, just having been to your place a couple of times, I, I like the familiarity of certain places. And even though, like you said, with, with Grunsforce, um, I know there are a few places that I've traveled that just felt comfortable, felt like I could yeah. exist there. And I don't know if I would consider those homes, but um, they feel more comforting or more accepting than other places that I've actually lived. Like yeah. I, I have feelings sometimes when I, uh, was living back in Kansas City that I didn't feel like I lived there the whole time. I was there for three years and it was just like, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't really live here. I know I have a couch. Yeah. I have a couch, yeah. <laughs> but that doesn't mean anything. 
Yeah. I think because I, I, it sounds weird, but I was like that when I was living in Bath. Like I lived there for uh, just over six months and not once did I feel like that was my hometown. Like I, it didn't feel like I was, um, yeah, it didn't feel like I lived there. I just existed there. Whereas mm-hmm. um, like I went to Boston uh, fuck, 10 years ago and um, and that town just, I instantly felt, at home, I instantly felt comfortable. It, it was just a nice place to be. It was like, I, I, I feel like I could live here. Um, and there are certain places that are like that. I mean, it's like Leeds. I've spent so long in Leeds um, that even though I've never lived there, it does feel like a place that I've lived because because I'm so familiar with it. Um, but it's, it's this weird um, thing between it's just because you've been somewhere often or you've lived somewhere for a while, doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to feel like home, like you were saying with Kansas. Um, but at the same time, there can be a place that you've never been before. You go there once and all of a sudden it feels like home. Like I've, I've had it a couple of times on uh, touring with bands and you go into a certain venue and it's just like, ah, oh, I, I feel like I know where everything is. This is, this is so similar to so, so many other places that I've, I've been that I instantly feel at home and relaxed and comfortable here because it's the same setup, even though the location is different. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Well, I had a very similar thing because I work in Sherbourne now um, and I did an apprenticeship there. Oh, crikey. It, I think I started that about 15 years ago, <laughs> if not more. And I worked there for five years and I left for six years. Yeah. And I kept having a recurring dream of, being back there working again. Yeah. And I think in a way my mind was trying to tell me like you actually felt comfortable in a job there. It was like home. And now I'm back. I'd, I started there oh, it was six years ago, beginning of November. And ever since then, I've been like up for work. It feel, <laughs> feels normal. And Sherborne yeah. as a town. It's just, yeah. As soon as I went back there, it was just like, ah, oh, yeah. I know now. I'm fine now. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Because every other job after that was a pain in the backside. <laughs> you know. But hey, yeah, yeah, weird, isn't it? it? <laughs> it's it's funny because uh, I was back in Sherborne uh, uh, Saturday night, and um, and that was where I met with this friend that I've not seen in four years. And Sherborne's the same. I haven't been into Sherborne for years just because I haven't needed to. But you know, I it, it's it's what I would consider to be my hometown um, because, you know, I, I grew up in a farm in the ass end of nowhere, but that was, <laughs> that was the town that I went to school in. That was the town that all my mates were in. Um, even though like I'd go to gigs and go out for nights out in one of the other local towns, like Sherbourne was my hometown. It's where everyone I knew lived. And, um, and yeah, going back in then uh, the other day, even though there's so many things that have changed, like pubs have closed down, new ones have popped up, shops have turned into coffee shops, coffee shops have turned into bars they and got a waitrose now yeah, <laughs> yeah. uber posh <laughs> and, uh, but it still instantly felt familiar it felt it felt like home um it was like putting on a an old pair of jeans it just <laughs> felt natural <laughs> that's that smelled like, smelled like ass yeah, yeah. smells a bit <laughs> but joking aside though that 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 old pair of jeans that you know the your friends the familiar smell those things that like remind you like i i, I put on like 
an old album sometimes and I suddenly just feel like I've been transported somewhere or feel like I'm back home. doesn't matter yeah. where I am. Um, I remember there's like... Uh, the, Outcome the Wolves. Oh, yeah, but oh, okay. we listened yeah. to one KLF album when I was a kid in in um, in, in Italy, yeah. and we'd, we'd driven all the way to fucking Italy, so all the way from like <laughs> North England down to Dover, across to France, you know, all the way to Italy, and it was just this KLF album on repeat. And every time I heard it, it always just took me back to Italy, yeah, um, and every fucking country in between. But <laughs> it's the it's the opposite with with other music. I listen to it, I'm like, oh yeah, this feels like it. it doesn't matter where I am, you know, I could be driving ends anywhere. And I'll just put that on. I was like, right, I feel like I'm at home because I've always had this this CD on at home. I've always had this record yeah. on at home. So it reminds me of that. So those smells and sounds and sensorial stuff or people around you, your mates, you know, like you could be yeah. somewhere with your mates and it can be anywhere in the planet, but it feels like home because you, you've got that familiar, familiarity around you. I think, I think Rob, you're right. It's just that it's a mindset. It's, it's, it's the little things in your head, not, not the, the physical location. Yeah. yeah. So, because I, I and I think that links into it because it can link into physical objects as well. So it's not just mm. like a an album or something like that. Because there's certain tools that you know they're like there's a pair of tongs that I've got. First tongs I've ever made. They're <laughs> shit. Like they're <laughs> ugly. Yeah, they're yeah, yeah. crap. Yeah. They're falling apart. But they're still the ones that when everything else is not working and I'm getting really pissed off because <laughs> I just do this thing, I pick up them and. And they just work, and it just instantly makes me go, oh, "Fuck yeah!" This is, yeah, you know, I'm I'm not doing this to to be stressed out. I'm doing this yeah. because it's supposed to be fun. I'm supposed to enjoy this. You know, I'm supposed to be able to make something that looks like this. It's a pile of shit, and still feel happy, still feel satisfied, mm. still feel comfortable because yeah. that's what this is all about. That's you know the the whole reason that I quit my job and went blacksmithing full time <laughs> is because it's supposed to feel good. It's supposed to. I never, I never thought about that. Like, like tools, like um, it's, it's almost as if this podcast is about tools. Um, but <laughs> the, 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 I take, I take my knives with me when I go somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Cooking knives. Yeah. And it, usually because where, if I ever go to my mates or family or anywhere, they've just got fucking terrible knives and you can't cook, <laughs> you can't cook anything. And it's like, oh, I can't, you know, and everything's just hacked up and like people yeah. just smushing tomatoes with a big blunt knife. Mm. And they've got one like, steel that they think they can sharpen knives with us like that's not yeah. um, so i take a knife with me and it's that it's that it's that sort of familiar comfort yeah and i, and I, and I feel comfortable and i know it's going to work and it's not it, it, it reduces stress yeah because I, I take it with me because that's it's the same thing with so many smiths that i know have a hammer like they they travel with their the hammer that they use every day like right. it doesn't matter where they're going they're just chuck that in the bag and take that with them because at any point, you know, if you walk into a, another workshop, it's one thing, you know, figuring out how a for, uh, someone else's forge works or like, you know, the, the anvil's at a different height or whatever else. But you know, you've got that hammer in your hand and that hammer, it's like for a Smith, that's, that's an extension of yourself. It's, it, you know, it spends eight hours a day in your hand anyway. So mm. it just feels more natural. And um, I think that's, that's, it, it doesn't necessarily need to be something like that. It can just be, like I say, a shitty old pair of tongs or <laughs> you know, a, a belt sander that you've had for 15 years that spends more time upside down in a vice being used as a belt grinder. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's familiar. It, it's nice. It's comforting having that um, that thing that you know you can rely on. And I think yeah. that's kind of part of it. it it's that um, 
that familiarity, familiarity, and having something that you can—that's—that's that's the word, yeah, yeah, fucking familiarity, <laughs> yeah. Um, but having that thing that you can you can rely on um, because it makes tea bags, feel... just tea bags when you go on holiday oh, well, or anything yeah. like you can be you can be camping in the pissing rain. It's freezing cold. It's muddy. You know, windy. But you've got a t- the same tea bags that you have at home. Yeah, and it's just that little bit of comfort. Yeah, no, it's 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 completely true, and that that's the thing is it's those those little things that make all the difference because home isn't a bricks and mortar thing. Home is where you feel spiffing. I'll go. I'll go last. <laughs> <laughs> You go when we decide you go. Oh, yeah. Al, Al has to pick the order because... It should be bars. It's bars. It's got to be bars. <laughs> okay, there we go. Uh, Steve yeah. is a doorman. Because your doorman's on bars at your home. No, I see. Uh, I kind of feel like we should just go straight into it now because I want to put that in the actual episode. So we are going to. Uh, which means bars, which is B for Brett. So you're first. <laughs> Yay. So I referenced it earlier when telling... Tales out of school. Um, the clothing supply and maker-oriented store um, in downtown Kansas City is called Foxtrot Supply Company. And uh, we met one of the owners, Ryan Ryan Hetu. I don't know how to say his last name. is H-E-T-U. But Ryan was the one that we chatted with. And he was goddamn delightful. And is is just very passionate about making things. I mean, he was talking to us about the the leather that he uses, which is Wicket and Craig, and that's what uh, Taylor and Jimmy use a lot. And he hand stitches and rivets things, and he's still all about the handmade aspect of it. And then to unveil the back rooms of what was a very unassuming storefront. Um, and then show even more passion about all the old beautiful tools that he had. I mean, Steve, he had like a jump shear covered in a plastic bag that I was like, what, but what is that (laughs) doing here? Um, super nice guy. I, I hope next time I'm home, I can go down and have a little bit more of a chat with him, possibly even make something. I don't know. That would be really neat to have something in a store in Kansas city, which yes, is my home. You don't get to choose where you're born, but I like knowing that, you know, I've never looked at Kansas City as being someplace that's very maker driven. It is a lot of blue collar people and and folks know how to make things and they're crafty. But I'm every time I've been home, I, I seem to get more and more surprised. So Foxtrot Supply, super cool company. I think their products that they sell are really, really good. But honestly, the the story behind the store and the guys running it are spiffing. Nice. Yes, I did see a little bit of that on one of your stories, I think. Yeah, Jess, Jess yeah. showed a bunch. Uh, and it looked really cool. And I must admit, every time you say Kansas City, the only thing that comes in my into my head is Mac Lethal. So I know nothing about your town. He's uh, so fast. He's so fast at the oh, race. fucking fast. But, uh, Thanks, yes. Steve. Uh, a, bars, A, is out. That's me. <laughs> when, okay, whenever he says cameras, all I, all I can think <laughs> of is Cypher from The Matrix. Um, 
So my spiffing um, is related to Holmes because he's called Ben Marriott, and that's a chain of hotels. <laughs> that's that's as good um, but yeah, Ben Marriott. Um, so I've been doing some animation work at work um, quite recently, and a lot of things in After Effects that are kind of quite simple and quite kind of intuitive, but then there's some things which are just a, a black fucking art and a, a total kind of um, enigma, and, and you kind of you either need to spend a lot of time delving deep into the shadows of After Effects, hmm. um, or you know you need to basically learn it properly, which is not as you as you know me. One of my favorite things to do is learn anything properly. Hmm. Um, so yeah, getting into After Effects is, it, as I say, it's, it's not an intuitive thing. Um, it's not something you can pick up and it intimidates a lot of people, uh, me included. Um, but there's a guy on YouTube called Ben Marriott. Uh, double R double T, and that is also his YouTube channel name. And he just does really simple, really accessible like tutorials about how to do little things one by one. Um, and you can just kind of do them sort of five minutes and then stitch them together. And it's just like, oh, now I can do this, now I can do that. Um, I'm not sure. I think he um, offers like free source files as well. So you can just download the file if you can't be bothered or you want to do it yourself. Um, but yeah, there's really really accessible and the, the fact that he's just giving it away for free is just another testament to this kind of um make a community of people who just just want to share knowledge and just want to encourage mm-hmm. and inspire um and i think it's absolutely fantastic so if you've ever wondered how sort of people like brett or or me have so little time to do stupid things with uh, with our with our youtube videos uh, and have a little bit of play with with kind of graphics and and, and special effects and stuff um, and fancy giving After Effects a try, um, you know, you can get an Adobe trial for a month for free, give it a go, um, and, and follow a channel like Ben's and just see see where it takes you. You might get hooked um, and end up doing wacky, fun little animations. But, yeah. Wacky um, fun. Wacky fun. Sounds like I've got a new music video in the works then. <laughs> ah, there you go. Brilliant. Good shout. I, uh, I will actually check that out myself. Uh, Rob. You're next. Oh, it's me. Okay, it's so uh, actually, luckily, uh, we decided to talk about home. And this guy is a YouTuber. Some of you might have heard of him, I guess. He's called uh, Frank Howarth. Ah, yeah. Hey. yeah. Okay, there we go. All right, good. But obviously, he has a workshop in his home. Well, maybe it just outside his house. Uh, <laughs> I think back along, I'm not sure how long ago he actually built it and he showed how they built it and why he built it the way he did, um, which is what I love about his videos. Everything he does, he goes into great depth, even with something like a, a bowl. If he makes <laughs> loads of segments and stuff, he does a yeah. bit of the maths and tells you why and yeah. how it all was going to pan out. And he does the most amazing things. He's got a, a CNC machine and he's got a video on this as well. <laughs> um, the vertical CNC table. So all it is, is it's a normal table and it just drops down and the CNC, you know, it goes on its side and he does all these cool little things and he uses it in cool ways, like cutting out cloud shapes in a bowl and (laughs) then he'll cut out the inserts in a different kind of wood and put it in. And it's, it's beautiful cloud bowls. (laughs) Yeah. I never thought I'd see them, but they're, they're lovely. And he'll do it on anything. And at the moment, he's doing um, a basement renovation. And he's even made some shelves 
with cats that he's cut out and put in there as well. So <laughs> any t- any time he gets a chance to do it, it seems like he does it. But right. you know, he makes things like uh, what's it called, the wood turned bamboo Death Star. That's a good one, <laughs> um, and and an eye as well. It like spheres. Uh, it yeah. looks like spheres are really hard to turn, um, mm-hmm. and he's amazing at it. <laughs> so yeah, Frank Howarth, a, a home working dude. Go nice. check him out. Good yeah. shout. Yes, yeah. good shout indeed. Uh, yes, that's me. Uh, <laughs> I because uh, we're going with home. I'm going to go some uh, go with someone that is very close to home. Uh, I'm going to give Joe a quick shout out. Uh, oh. Joe Garnett, uh, who is, uh, as many of you will know, uh, he's one of the other guys that works. Um, at Alex he's work. like a piece of iron. <laughs> he is. Uh, he's 21 and a gymnast and a blacksmith. And he's so handsome. Shredded. He's, he's uh, just so handsome. But yes. don't get in his way. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, he's, uh, and as well as being incredibly handsome and wonderful, he's fucking well talented. Um, he's, uh, he's kind of proof that just because someone's young doesn't mean they they know what they're talking about. Uh, uh, sorry, just because someone's young doesn't mean they don't know what they're talking about. Um, he's normally the first person I'll go to for help and advice, um, quite often before Alex. Um, (laughs) and that's mostly because Alex is grumpy. Uh, but, uh, (laughs) Joe Stober. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Uh, but yeah, no, Joe is a phenomenally talented Smith. Um, he's, I was going to say he's very humble. He's very humble on social media. When you meet him in real life, he's, uh, he's the worst as the human. Rest of us. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, he's, he's got a lot of skill and especially for someone of such young years, it's really, really good to see. Um, and, uh, and again, he's, He's so happy to share knowledge. Um, if you ask him a question, he's he'll more often than not he'll go into way too much detail just because he's excited about sharing the knowledge. Um, and uh, and one of his latest projects was for another friend of mine, uh, Kieran, who uh, is a VW nut. Um, and Kieran gave him some bits of bodywork off of one of his VWs, uh, and Al uh, Joe. Uh, clad a knife in that so he's got this like low layer level count uh, Damascus pattern knife that he's made that looks fucking phenomenal Um, so yeah go check out Joe and give him some love because he is quite spiffing Uh, right is there any other business anybody on AOB are we AOB yeah AOB gotta love a bit of AOB (laughs) Uh, Rob, any plugs? Any plugs? Uh, apart from my uh, uh, single that's just come out as people are listening to this, (laughs) yes, uh, yeah, Syndicate is called Midnight on the Rings. It's from uh, my upcoming album, uh, New Space, as opposed to Old Space. Uh, my space, kind of, kind of, kind of grabbing hold of that retro thing going on. If you see the artwork for it, you'll know what I mean, yes, and um, just quickly, yeah. A, is that new space is in NU or NEW? NEW. Ah, this isn't the late nineties anymore. It's not, it's not monsters. <laughs> <laughs> I know I was talking retro. Yeah. <laughs> but, 
Yeah, uh, honestly, uh, the album is a loose concept in my mind again of just some guy flying through space, but it's in a different <laughs> universe. So yeah. Midnight on the Rings, he stopped on a, on the rings of a planet. And uh, yeah, I think the music suits that very well. So go check it out if you wish. Fucking yeah. awesome. Uh, speaking of which, where can everyone find you, Mr. Rob? Me, uh, robhunsmusic.com is where they can find me to hire me to do uh, YouTube intros, podcast intros, all, all sorts of music to go with stuff. Um, Just to point out, Rob did all the uh, music for the podcast as well. So, Do you, you still know. use that? Yeah. <laughs> Crikey, oh, blimey. Yeah, there yeah. we go. All right, then. I also did the one for my other podcast as well, which is handy. Yeah. You know. Yeah, uh, yeah. That, I, I suppose really we should probably mention that briefly as well. Uh, three men in a podcast, yes. which is such a fucking ridiculously funny music <laughs> podcast. Um, well, we've we've slightly changed the format now, so okay. it, it is still music based. Uh, however, the lovely Article Thirteen means that we can oh, sure. play the music and talk over it, which is fine. You know, copyright, whatever. I understand. Uh, so now we do more music news if artists give us permission to use their stuff we do uh like we did on the show that's just come out i think the day before this one will come out uh at three men in a podcast.com or infirmary <laughs> media or something wherever you want to go find it uh, yeah. we're there um yeah and we do lots of sketches and stuff now instead so we've uh kind of taken dave's writing abilities as he's a writer and yeah. Blake's wonderful acting abilities. Although, <laughs> if you didn't know he was acting, you would think he was probably acting. <laughs> if you see what I mean. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, we we do a lot of that now as well. So, three men and a podcast.com, robhunsmusic.com, Facebook, Rob Huns Music, anything, anything like that. Uh, my syndicate stuff, which is my artist name, I suppose, is, you know, Spotify, Apple Music, et cetera, et cetera. Awesome. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, and if you want to find us, the three of us, you can find us in all of the usual so- uh, social media spaces. You can find me at Moonshot Metalworks. You can find Brett at Skull and Spade 13. And you can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. That's what you There we go. Uh, and if you want to get hold of us as a group, you can find us at fwtpodcast.com. You can visit us on Instagram and see all of Owl's lovely thumbnails uh, at fwtpodcast. Apologies uh, in advance, Rob. Oh, no, yeah. I, I see them every week, mate. I do. Yeah, they make me giggle. Oh, yeah. that's all right. Make it as rude <laughs> as you want. <laughs> uh, you can, of course, find us on Facebook in the Fools of Tools Facebook group. Uh, and that's a wrap, I think. Yes. Uh, That's it. We love you, and we shall see you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.